This is a new dimension in sound. The sound here has been recorded on the tape magnetically. This is us. We're back. Oh my god. Oh my god, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Welcome to another episode of A Dave in the Life. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, and then every time we upload, this will arrive directly into your device. If you've got the spare time as well and you also care to do so, you can follow me on any of the social medias, Davo or Davo Radio. You should be able to find my ridiculous mush nice and easy. And when we kick-started this whole podcast series, it was about giving you the full conversations that I don't always get to share on my weekday radio program. And in this episode, we're chatting to the most successful band to ever emerge from Europe. Over 100 million records sold worldwide. We're talking about the band who were there to whistle in the winds of change, Scorpions. I was lucky enough to catch up with Matthias of the group recently, direct from my home studio at an ungodly hour, about 2 or 3 in the morning. And as I do, I made it weird right from the get-go. Welcome to another episode of A Dave in the Life, featuring Matthias of Scorpions. Matthias, it's Davo from Australia, mate. Good to chat to you again, my friend. How are you? Good, I'm good, I'm good. How are you this time? I'm very well, thank you for asking. It's um, oh, it's about quarter to three in the morning here right now in this country. I'm doing the interview at home in my studio, and I uh, just want you to know I'm, I'm not wearing pants. Uh, how does that make you feel? And uh, we're about to see you in the world right now, mate. Can you paint a picture for us? Okay. Uh, thank God we're on audio only. Today, where you are, we are here in Bratislava, Slovakia, and uh, getting ready for the last show of this year's tour. So that's a good feeling. Well, that's good to hear, mate. I uh, hope you get to get home soon and spend lots of time with the family before Christmas. But so many shows right throughout each and every single year. You never stop touring. Getting up towards 70 plus years old. Uh, why keep touring? You've nothing left to prove. You've done everything there is to do in music. Uh, what drives you to keep touring? Yeah, uh, it's true, but... Um it's just fun. It's fun to travel the world. It's fun to come to places um, where, let's say, you wouldn't go as a tourist. And, uh, you know, we, we just did the the Russian leg of the tour. We were in the Ukraine, so that eastern part. Um, before, we were all over South America, Brazil mainly, the Rock and Rio, the famous one. I mean, it's just exciting to play to... To like at least ten thousand people, Rock and Rio was one hundred and ten. But here, all the venues are sold out. Uh, big venues, big arenas, and uh, the people are just amazing. You know, all fans are amazing, and um, that's you know deep joy to play for fans, uh, sing your songs, and uh, so we are really enjoying it, and that's why we keep going. The Eastern Bloc of Europe has always been tremendously kind to you. You were there at the fall of the Berlin Wall. You played in Soviet Russia and Lenin Stadium to 100,000-plus fans. Does it surprise you that that part of the world still loves you so much and you still get given so much by your fans right throughout that section of the world and the world at large? Um, yeah, you know what is surprising to all of us, since we are not uh, the youngest band on the planet, um, that uh, we really 
have in in recent years, I would say in, in the last ten years, we really have like so many new fans, and uh, especially in places like uh, Mexico, Brazil. Uh, Russia, uh, where we are now in Eastern European countries, um, the, why I can't tell you, but uh, we know we have more than uh, seven million uh, Facebook followers, and uh, and a lot of these kids are really between eighteen and twenty-eight. The survey tells us, and you can see it. You see it in the first couple of rows because young people rush to the front, and uh, that's an amazing view. It's almost like, you know, 30 years ago. And uh, so that's exciting. And obviously the music is appealing to young people. And um, maybe we don't look that terrible yet. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much, mate. Uh, looking pretty damn good for a bloke that's nigh on 70 years old. I think rock and roll definitely keeps us looking and feeling young. And can't wait to see your rocking stages across Australia in 2020. LiveNation.com.au. Matthias of Scorpions is chatting to us. The song Winds of Change was literally just that. It soundtracked so much social and cultural revolution. Uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think that song resonated so much? Um, I mean, you know, the the song Wind of Change was it really had a big impact when it came out. Um, not in all the countries. For example, in the U.S., nobody really cared. Um, but uh, especially in Eastern Bloc countries, of course, because it had a direct effect on them. Um, you know, their life has changed. Yeah, not because of the song, but because the wall came down and uh, the Soviet Union broke down. And so that makes Russia completely different to what it used to be. Uh, but then again, it's 30 years ago. So most of those young kids who come to see us now were not even born and maybe heard from the fact that, you know, when their parents were talking about it. So that can't be it, basically. It is it is something else that's appealing. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the social media has to do with it because that's how they communicate and that's how they find out. If somebody says, I've been at the show and it's great, then the word travels fast. And um, that's a good thing. Having achieved so much throughout your career with the band, what is it that you are most proud of as a musician? I'm basically never really proud of anything. Uh, I reflect our career. Um, you know, I, it's, I, 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 you know, it takes something to trigger me to think about it. Looking back, for example, when there was a. Uh, a great uh, documentary about us when uh, it was about the 50th anniversary of the Scorpions on stage. Um, somebody put together a great documentary and we all watched it and then we went, oh, <laughs> okay, that's right. We achieved a few things in life. But, you know, now I'm not standing here looking back and thinking, oh, how great are we uh, or always have been. Um no. But, you know, we rather look forward. You know, we have, um, after this show is done tonight, we go home tomorrow. Christmas is a wonderful thing. And then we go um, to Australia next year, New Zealand and a couple of places in Asia before we go into the studio and uh, record new material. And uh, then uh, we hope to finish the recordings before we do uh, a month in Las Vegas 
and then we want to go on tour in the U.S. because we left that out this year because we were busy everywhere else. And then with a new album finished in America and then starting there again before we come back to Europe and God knows where we go, will go. Um, that is more the plan. It's, that's something I'm thinking about now. Well, we started the conversation in a very weird place and let's try and head back there again if that's okay. Always like to try and ask a couple of strange questions. Uh, Klaus recently had a spider named after him. If you could have any animal in the world named after you, what would it be and why? Uh, that is a strange question. You're right. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, initial thought is uh, something that can fly. You know, like a like a cool bird. Uh, maybe something like uh, you know, like a I love eagles. You know, something like that, and a bird that, you know, can travel the world. That would be something I'd be interested in. Arguably the most rock and roll animal on the whole planet. And a great answer to what was a curly and possibly really silly question. Uh, But, C.S., thank you for indulging me. Uh, Another question we always like to ask guests on this program is, do you remember the first record you ever got, the... It might have been given to you. You might have bought it. What was what was the record that turned you on to music as a fan? I remember it very well. Uh, I was listening to the radio, uh, and back then in Germany, we didn't have much radio. There was only one musical show, like a chart show, uh, once a week on Wednesdays at eight o'clock. And uh, and uh, listened one day. I was like eleven years old or something, and. Um, I heard All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix, and I had tears in my eyes, and I was asking what what was that um, next day in school, and what kind of instrument was this? And my friend answered, that was an electrical guitar. And I went, okay, so that's something I want to do as well. So until this day, this song does something to me. It's just a, a you know a great version of originally Bob Dylan's song All Along the Watchtower, of course. But Jimi Hendrix made me play guitar. He was the biggest inspiration. That's a great answer and possibly one of the best we've had of that question for anybody thinking, how did uh, a little band from Germany become one of the biggest rock bands on the planet? I think that answer goes a long way to explaining it. Thank you very much, Matthias. A pleasure to chat to you again. Thanks for joining this episode of A Dave in the Life and we'll see you in the country February next year. Great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. a new dimension in sound. The sound here has been recorded on the tape magnetically. This is us. We're back. Oh my God. Oh my God, Dave. (laughs) Dave.